Jason Tetro, the germ guy, is back. Hey, Jason. Hello there. Today we are talking love with Valentine's <laughs> a week um, and a half away. Jason, today we are talking about love of chocolate, sunsets. Oh, I know. And maybe we'll get to people. Scientists have figured <laughs> out people, except for my husband, love chocolate. They figured out why we love chocolate so much. My husband hates chocolate. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry to hear that. Right? Yeah. Like seriously, is there anything more amazing than than the feeling of chocolate as it's, you know, going into your mouth and then it just kind of does that thing that we all love and you know, it, and it's so funny because you almost want to overemphasize the love that you feel and you're just like, "Oh yeah." Like seriously, you you almost want Marvin Gaye in the background. <laughs> like it's just it's just that good. So good. Well, I I mean, it's not quite Barry White, but Marvin Gaye will do. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us why do we love chocolate so much well what's really fascinating is that if you were to sort of stop and look at it in terms of a timeline what it is about the chocolate that we love so much is it is the melt mm. and this actually happens with hot chocolate as well chocolate has this incredible nature that allows it to melt into sort of this molten um I, I like to call it like lava but it's like delicious lava in your mouth and then as it's mixing with your saliva what ends up happening is you get all sorts of different flavors all sorts of different tastes and all sorts of different textures and that will lead to you feeling really good and then eventually after you swallowed it you just kind of have that aftertaste and and it's just it's it's just an experience like if you were to film it, you could literally, you know, put an R rating on it. <laughs> so I find that interesting because when I think of chocolate, I'm thinking of the taste. But so how do they figure out that it really it, it has to do with the way that it melts on your tongue? Okay, so we we think of chocolate, especially like a chocolate bar, as being a solid, yeah. right? But it's actually not. It's It's what we call a phase change material. And what that means is that it has two different phases in it that have been mixed together so that it creates this one thing. And in this particular case, there are solids, the, the, the cocoa solids, as well as this fat, which is the cocoa butter. Mm. And then what ends up happening is that when it goes into your mouth, um, you can actually break it apart. Now, there's two things that do that. One is the heat, because obviously it's going into a warmer environment as it goes into your mouth. But there's also the saliva with the enzymes, like the amylases and stuff like that, which are going to help to break it apart. And so what ends up happening is as that breaking apart happens, you start to stimulate first the tongue, then the taste buds, then the olfactory bulb, and indirectly to the brain. And so all of that becomes that pleasure. The question that the researchers wanted to ask in this particular study was, what is it in the chocolate that is making us so excited? And then can we use that to make an even better chocolate? Oh, better chocolate? Yeah. Really? I don't, I don't even think there can be. I mean, chocolate's already good. So how do you make it better? What, what does okay, that mean, so, Jason? Well, what that means, okay, first off, I just want to say that these are some British researchers, and of course, the British researchers, they have, like, the ability to do some of the strangest research, but when they do, we all, like, win. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is one of those studies. Um, and so, what they what they did is they sort of separated the, the stages of 
have chocolate into three. So there's the licking, the chewing, and then the swallowing. And then they recreated in the laboratory what it would be like, and then started playing around with the cocoa content and also the fat content. And what they found was that, yes, indeed, the higher fat content actually led to a more pleasurable experience, which is, you know, kind of obvious mm -hmm. because a lot of people prefer milk chocolate to say dark chocolate, yeah. right? But then they found something even more fascinating. And this, for me, was the most amazing thing. If you have the technology, you can actually put all the fat essentially at the surface. And then you have the cocoa solids in the middle. And what ends up happening is you now have not just the three different stages, but two completely different aspects of the three stages. Because you've got the fat that is giving you that pleasure and then you've got the cocoa solids, which is sort of that bitterness that we all love in the aftertaste, but it's happening all at the same time. Wow. So, I know. so does that mean that they can eventually manufacture chocolate to be healthier? I mean, if you could move where the fat is, like, I don't know. It just sounds really complicated to me, but could this lead to healthier chocolate? Talk to me about this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, people will be like, oh, my goodness, if they managed to do that, it's another one of these chocolate bars with a secret, right? Yeah. But it's actually not. Um, what happens is that you can layer it out so that you have um, a very high cocoa uh, solid layer. And then you have one with a little bit more fat and a little bit more fat until you get to the top. So it, it's basically a layering process that you'd have to do in the manufacturing. Mm -hmm. So that that's one part of it. But I think the other part, and, and you're totally correct on this whole being healthy, right? If you can actually have less fat, but put it in the right spot, yeah. then what ends up happening is you're reducing the amount of saturated fat that you're actually that you're intaking, which is going to make the dark chocolate even better, because now it has an even healthier profile. So I think this is really where we're going to be going in terms of the application of this research. But for you and me right now, it just shows us that we should really be filming each other eating chocolate. <laughs> Or we should just be eating chocolate all the time. Oh, come on. Day. Just imagine. Like, can we just start a TikTok trend? Right? <laughs> okay. In other news, uh, we love sunsets, sunrises, and of course, double rainbows. And apparently there is science behind that too and why we love these things so much. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So when you start thinking about all the natural phenomenon that happen, you know, there are things that make you really just fall in love. And of course, we hear about sunrises and we hear about sunsets. And then, of course, there's the double rainbow, double rainbow, that makes us cry. Um, but the, the reality is that these are what we call ephemeral phenomena. And they're normal, everyday occurrences. But depending on where they happen, and also our viewpoint, in other words, where we are when we're looking at them, they may actually give us um, a, a sense of wonder, awe, and, and, and even value. Like we would actually pay to see some of these phenomena. And so a bunch of researchers decided, well, let's see if, if which ones actually do this. And, and that's essentially where this new study came from. Uh, and, and it's actually called the uh, Journal of Environmental Psychology. Like seriously, wow. the environment now is part of our psychology. It's, it's fascinating. So what did they find out? Like, uh, again, our emotions are connected to these things. What, what are the, some of the conclusions that came out of the study? Well, the sunrises, sunsets, and rainbows brought about the most awe. <laughs> I mean, That's not it? really a surprise there. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, we kind of knew no, that. But, 
<laughs> yeah, but here's where it gets kind of interesting. Um, they found that the experience was greater in those who identify as female, which, oh, I mean, is kind of a really cool thing. Yeah. But the one that they really found fascinating was that anybody who happens to be under the age of 46 had a more strong visceral reaction to those after you get over 46 you're like eh, whatever <laughs> i've seen it before seen, i know and i'm and i'm like i'm gonna be 52 on valentine's day and i'm just like oh okay i guess i don't like sunsets anymore um and then the most amazing aspect of it was the aspect of value would you pay to go see that sunset or that sunrise and sure enough people would pay to go see an amazing sunrise not a sunset but a sunrise in various areas of the world because according to the, the study the sunrise brings about the day and that actually gives you the opportunity to watch the day brink come up and then you're in that location where you can then enjoy the day. Um, not so much rainbows or sunsets. Interesting. I find mm -hmm. that fascinating. So again, it's this emotional thing, the psychological thing about hope that, you know, the sunrise is bringing hope to a new day, whereas maybe a sunset is like it's closing off. And if you had a bad day, you really don't want to, you know, oh, yeah. you really don't want to look at the sunset. Yeah, and, and I mean, if you happen to be in one of these places that you've paid to go to, you may have also had a few adult beverages by the time the sun sets. When it, the sun rises, hopefully, <laughs> you won't have any of that in your system. But I think that's sort of a separate study somebody should do in the Journal of um, Human Psychology. Right, right, next to the TikTok videos of us eating chocolate. All right, exactly. thanks so much, Jason, for your time today. It was such a pleasure. Take care. That was Jason Tetro, the Germ Guy host of Chorus Podcast, Super Awesome Science Show. You're listening to Toronto This Weekend on 640 Toronto.